given that our evening service starts at 6 p.m., that's a really weird time for, for, for evening service. I'm guessing that some of you haven't had dinner yet. So I apologize in advance if by talking about eating and making you hungry. Uh, speaking of eating, if, if you are not eating alone by yourself, then you must be eating with someone else. Duh. <laughs> that would be my, that would be my uh, daughter's reaction. If I was, uh, what, what I've just said. Duh. Uh, anyway, if you're not eating by yourself, then you'll be eating with someone else. It's very logical, isn't it? Uh, if you could invite anyone to join with you uh, to a meal, if you could invite anyone, who would that be? Don't answer me that question. But if you think about it, uh, whoever that is that you invited, there's always a purpose, uh, a motivation behind your invitation. There's always an agenda. Maybe you simply want, wanted the company. You want to get to know that person better. Uh, maybe you want to pick that person's brain a little bit to seek advices. Um, or maybe it's the opportunity for you to confront that person. A meal is always a good time to, to confront people. Or maybe you want to poison that person. You know, think of some of the leaders in the country. Just, you know. <laughs> uh, other times, you invite people because you wanted to thank them or to honor them. So here in John chapter 12, we read, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Uh, presumably, the dinner was hosted by the household of Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Because all three of them were there, and Martha was the one serving. And it was to honor Jesus, presumably, for what he did back in chapter 11. Uh, for raising Lazarus from the dead, that's a, that's a big deal. Someone who died for four days, whose body would start to decompose and smell very, really bad, came back to life. And now, uh, in verse 2, Lazarus sits amongst those who were reclining at the table. So presumably, he would now smell normal like any other living person. Otherwise, imagine if he walks in, still smells like blue cheese. That would have been a party crasher. Uh, in, in this passage we're looking at tonight, the author, John, drew our attention to, a certain, indi to certain individuals who made the party extra special. So we, we'll look at those persons of interest, see how they interacted with Jesus, the guest of honor. Uh, before we do that, let me say a quick prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are the God who loves to make yourself known to us. As we come to hear your word, would you help us to see who Jesus is? Because it's through him, the living word, we get to cross over from death to life. Help us to choose life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So firstly, let's um, look at Mary. Uh, in verse 3, something strange happened. Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and poured it on Jesus and wiped Jesus' feet 
with her hair. Then the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Now I can tell you that I'm no expert when it comes to perfumes or colognes. Uh, if it wasn't because of marrying Ruth, my wife, I'd probably never get exposed to the, the world of smelling good. This is what I use daily. Uh, it cost me less than two pounds a bottle. Oh, maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and this, this is a, a special um, present from Ruth uh, for one of my birthdays. Something I'd never thought of buying myself. <sighs> smells nice. Uh, I wouldn't waste a single drop of this bottle because it's special. It's a gift gifted uh, to me from Ruth, and it's, it's not cheap. Uh, but if, if this bottle suddenly falls out of my hand and drops and, and, and breaks, I'll, I'll feel sad because it's precious to me. But ultimately, I'll be all right. I'll get over it, and I'll be okay with that. Here, um, Mary took a bottle of pure nard. Let's pretend this is the bottle, pure nard. Uh, and poured the whole thing on Jesus. And according to Judas's comment, that's a bottle of super expen expensive quality perfume. Just imagine it. If the average pay uh, a day in the UK is roughly 70 pounds, I think, that's the average pay per day. That's 70 pounds gone. Another 70 gone. Each drop of perfume is equivalent to about eight to 10 hours of your labor. That's just how precious the perfume was. So why would Mary do that? Mary's action was clearly onto something very important. Um, but actually, there, there are quite a few Marys in the Bible. There's so many Marys, actually, that's a common name. But this Mary is very special. There's so many things I can say about this Mary. Um, let me just say a few things. This, this Mary, Mary of Bethany, she was mentioned by name only three times in the Bible. There's another one or two mentioning, but she's only mentioned three times by name. And each time when she was mentioned by name, she's always by Jesus' feet. Now she, she had always placed herself on the, on the lower position by Jesus' feet. Showing her love and respect to the Lord. And she never worried about nor cared about what others might say. She humbles herself because she sees Jesus greater than her. When Judas criticized her in verse 5 um, and called out her action being wasteful, Jesus defended Mary by shutting Judas up. Verse 7 Leave her alone. Leave her alone, will you? What she's doing is to prepare for my burial. Because of what Mary did, Jesus responded by telling people about his coming death and burial. And this, is, this actually was the first time Jesus openly spoke about that in the Gospel of John. Before, before this incident, Jesus only hinted about his suffering. But Mary caused Jesus to actually openly saying that he's going to die. 
suddenly the tone of the celebration feast was changed. Here they were celebrating the return of Lazarus. But Jesus turned it into an announcement telling people that he's going to die. So Jesus acknowledged Mary's action being very appropriate. And he goes on to affirm Mary indirectly through his rebuking words to Judas. You will not always have me. Yes, me. Don't you know who I am by now, Judas? Hint, hint, Mary does. If you truly know who I am, you would have done to me what Mary just did. You see, Jesus was, Jesus was right there. You will always have the poor around you, but you will not always have me. I am here now. Do you still not recognize who I am? After being with me all this time, Judas? After seeing all that I've done? Mary sees who Jesus really is, and she took the opportunity to worship Jesus. A whole year's wage spent on one night, a few minutes even, just pulled it all out, and that was worth it. It was a sacrifice pleasing to God. It was a gift fitting for the king who's amongst his people. It's not like the one who created the heavens and the earth um, was lacking anything or needed any gift. But as, as the king, Jesus deserves the lavish act of worship and gratitude. And Mary grabbed the opportunity and gave her best. Mary's heartfelt gratitude and adoration for Jesus was described by Jesus as beautiful. What about Judas, our second person of interest? According to Mark's account of the same event, there were actually others from amongst the guests who weren't happy about what Mary had done. And in fact, they were furious. Judas was the one Judas was one of those people, but the one who verbalized uh, his frustration after observing the extravagant anointing of Jesus' feet. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. And I'm assuming most of those who were present that night uh, wouldn't have known who Jesus is as the king yet. And so hearing what Judas said, they simply agreed with him, a bit like the politicians you know, here on the parliament. Yeah, it could have been sold to help all the poor around, lots and lots of poor people around. And you got another person, here, here. <laughs> I hate hearing that phrase, here, here. <laughs> what a waste of money. Uh, but out of those people, John, John only called Judas out. Not everyone else, but only, only Judas. He specifically called Judas out because he knew who Judas was. See, Judas was one of the 12 disciples who followed Jesus along. And being alongside Jesus, traveling together, he got to spend all the time with Jesus, way more than Mary ever could. He got to hear Jesus' teaching. He got to see pretty much all the miracles and wonders Jesus did. 
firsthand. Have you ever seen anyone opening the eyes of a born blind? Have you ever seen anyone feeding 5,000 people with uh, five fishes, five fish and two loaves of bread? Sorry, five loaves of bread and two little fishes. I'm getting confused myself. Have you ever seen anyone walking on the rough, stormy, wavy water, only just to jump into your boat to join you on your journey to the other side of the lake? And being alongside Jesus this whole time, Judas couldn't see who Jesus was. All he could think about was the missed opportunity for his personal gain, because Mary had used all the perfume on Jesus. Well, John, John told us that Judas actually had no concerns for the poor. He was a thief. Judas probably was thinking, a year's wage. Hmm, I could find myself a buyer easily. I know just a guy. I could sell it for 30,000 pounds in our UK currency today. Easy money it would have been if I could get my hand on that bottle. If only, you know, after selling that perfume, I could I give a big portion of it to, to Oxfam, to a tier fund, to hom homeless shelter. And the more money I can get, the more I'll be able to give to them and to make myself look good. And I'll be able to keep, keep some for myself. And the more I can sell, the more I can keep for myself. But, but Mary, what did you do? Why, why did you use up all the perfume on Jesus? What a waste. The perfume was meant to be a gift for the king, for his burial. So, so what Judas was hoping to do wasn't only wanting to steal from the king, but worse still, he didn't even care about giving the king a proper burial, if you think about it. You will always have the poor around you, but you will not always have me. Interesting thing Jesus said. To Mary, it was a word of affirmation, for she recognized who Jesus is, and she saw an opportunity to worship him. But to Judas, it was a rebuke. Do you not see who I am by now, Judas? You won't always have me. The poor, you will always have them around you. You can help them anytime you want. So what have you been doing to help them all this time? Why do you suddenly express your concern for them now? According to Mark, after this conversation, Judas went to the chief priests to discuss the terms of how he could betray Jesus to them. And you know what? Judas got himself a deal. They promised to pay Judas handsomely. Judas' heart really was fixed on money after all. But I must confess, I'm no better than Judas, if I were to be honest with you. I'm, I'm just like Judas. Uh, you see, the, the king of kings and the lord of lords, I tell people whom I'm worshipping. Uh, he's always with me, yet I often treat him much like the way Judas is treating him. Sometimes I lose sight of Jesus, whom I'm following. Instead, I often think about how much time 
it had costed me doing all the, all the Christian-y things. Coming to church every week, going to small groups or prayer meetings. Sometimes I notice I have forgotten how the Lord had provided for me and for my family uh, all these years doing mission works. But instead, I was thinking about how much money I wasn't making because of doing ministry. I ended up envying other people uh, for what they have. But I had forgotten completely that I am a child of the king who owns everything. Then, oftentimes, even after seeing again and again of how Jesus' power works to change people's lives over the years, I found myself still prioritizing my own personal comfort to avoid difficulties um, in my life and had forgotten to just simply go to Jesus who has the power to raise people from the dead and to draw power and strength from him to help me face all the challenges in my life. So who is Jesus to you, I wonder? Finally, our final person or persons of interest, Lazarus and the rest of the guests. When I was studying this passage, I've noticed something very strange for the, for the first time. I've never read, I've never found those before. Um, the, Bible, the Bible had never mentioned anything about Lazarus's personal interaction with the Lord. The only thing I could find was how Jesus loves this family, loves the siblings, and how Jesus calls Lazarus friend. But that's all. Uh, we never heard a single word coming out of Lazarus's mouth. That was a very, that was very strange. So, um, so I really don't know if Lazarus was happy to see Mary, to see what Mary did to Jesus, or if he was in agreement with Judas thinking ill of his sister's strange behavior. We just don't know. The only thing we knew was that he was amongst those who were reclining at the table, eating with the guests. But he's the living proof that Jesus had done something truly amazing just before. Verse 9. A large crowd came, not only to see Jesus, but also Lazarus, who Jesus had raised from the dead. Even though there's no way we could find out more about what Lazarus was like or what he had said to Jesus or to, to the other guests, the author tells us that Lazarus, having had his life given back to him, now also has a target on his back. Just like Jesus, whom the bad guys were plotting to kill. Because on account of Lazarus, verse 11, many of the Jews went to Jesus and believed in him. You see, when we believed in Jesus, we've also crossed over from death to life. You and I are raised to life by Jesus, just as Jesus raised Lazarus. Now, you and I, as living proofs, of what Jesus had done, the enemies would also threaten you and I. They want us eliminated. They want us silenced. 
so that we can point others to Jesus. Obviously, not everyone who sees or hears will believe. So we've been read from John already. But if less people get to hear about Jesus, then the less people would come to know Jesus and to follow him. And that's exactly what the enemies want. We might be like the rest of the guests, reclining, reclining at the table, keeping our quiet for whatever reason, maybe out of fear, maybe out of ignorance. Or maybe you were just busy stuffing food into your mouth, so you genuinely couldn't say anything at the time. But really, at the end of the day, we were left with only two choices. Either we could be open about who we believe, maybe even like the way Mary was so brave and, and open about her devotion to Jesus. Or we could do the enemy's job for them, just hide behind the closed doors, keep it quiet so that no one would know our identity. No one would know what Jesus had done in our lives. No one would know we are followers of Jesus. So what's it gonna be for you and for me? Like Mary, who recognized who Jesus is, who grasped the opportunity to worship Jesus and to give him his due honor and glory for who he is and for what he has done. Or like Judas, my comfort comes first. Following Jesus and going to the church and participating in charitable activities were just for show. Or are we like the guests? Do nothing and say nothing. Just sit on the bench, watch the show, play safe. Or even though the Bible doesn't say, I'm guessing Lazarus had chosen to be brave and outspoken about uh, his own experience, like his sister Mary. Because if Lazarus had, had gone into hiding after knowing that the enemies were after him, then we wouldn't see. Uh, if you just go down a little bit further to verse 17, if Lazarus had been quiet, and people, uh, here, here we see people were still spreading the news about him and how Jesus raised him from the dead. So I'm thinking Lazarus was quite open about his personal experience. So maybe the next time you put on the deodorant or perfume, um, or when you smell something pleasant, um, I pray that you'll be thinking about what Mary did to honor Jesus. And you will remember this, conversa this conversation over the dinner party, and you remember who Jesus is, who's right there with us. So grab the opportunity while you can. Jesus deserves the lavish act of worship and gratitude. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you again for Jesus, who's now himself raised from dead to life, and is always here with us, to those who believed in his name. Help us to grasp every moment we can to love him, to honor him, and to make him known to others. In his name we pray. Amen.